Hey, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Paradigm Podcast. We hope you're having a great week, better than you were the week before that and the week before that. So before we get started, let John rip one of those. (laughs) (laughs) We want to urge you to subscribe, hit the like button, drop a comment down below. Let us know what you think of this book so far. We hope you're reading along with us. And follow us on our social media platforms. All the information will be down in the description below. So a quick disclaimer, we started to put this at the beginning of every episode. But we here at Paradigm do not claim to have all the answers. We simply desire to be better each day, as we hope you do. We make these videos in the hope that other people that desire the same can use some of the tools we've discovered along our journey. So the information used for this discussion today comes from the book Beyond Order by Dr. Jordan B. Peterson, 12 More Rules for Life. And so we highly recommend you pick up this book. And the chapter we're going to be talking about today is titled Do Not Do What You Hate. So what is the definition of hate? Let's just get that out in the open now. So we just Googled it and it says uh, it's an intense disliking of something. So what does it mean? What does JBP mean by do not do what you hate? So he says to act in violation of what we find fundamental is to cheat in the game we play. This causes the feeling of emptiness and self-betrayal. So here's why. If you do not object when the transgressions against your conscience are minor, why would you presume that you will not willfully participate when the transgressions get truly out of hand? Mm. So what does that mean? I want to open that up and have a discussion about that. So what do you guys think about that quote? If you do not object when the transgressions against your conscience are minor, why would you presume that you will not willfully participate when the transgressions get truly out of hand? Um. Mm. I think they're just they're transgression. Like we're going to get into it a little bit, but yeah, we can define that. To identify transgressions is like at an early stage is a little hard. Mm-hmm. It's it's not always recognizable until things get out of hand. I think like the a big example would be like the whole shutting down of the world. Um, that was a thing that got led small thing after small thing after small thing, and it became a big thing. And a lot of people were for it. A lot of people were against it, but you couldn't recognize it in real time mm, right? until a year or, or a couple months later. So I think it's just hard to identify um, a transgression minor or major at an early stage. But um, if you have, say you have built up transgressions, for example, um, I think personal life is easy to identify because you live in your own head, right? You know what you feel like you're doing wrong, doing right. Um, what, what things are leading you down the right path uh, based on your own principles, based on your own goals and what's not. And so that's kind of like a, a brief understanding of like what trend, what, what JBP is talking about when he talks about the transgressions and right. um, how you can possibly be misled. Yeah. Yeah. And just real quick to define transgression, <clears throat> it just means to go against the law rule or code of conduct or an offense. So right. that's, that's kind of what we mean here by transgressions, minor or major. Um, so how about you guys? what do you guys think about, um, what he says about, you know, if you're not going to talk you know, stand up against transgressions that are minor, why would you think that you would when they're major? Right. Why do you think he even says that? Um, I think he's trying to put it out there that, you know, for get to get people to think about that because minor transgressions over time lead to something that'll be a huge, you know, um, like I would like to say issue or problem. And 
he's asking why do you think does that just go away people aren't going to want to stop that from happening because it's a, a violation of let's say the transgression definition is a violation of law or oh, something yeah. that's not supposed to um be changed uh, or violated or vi you violated right like someone's violating you per se yeah over time and let's say it leads to something bigger and it's a really big harsh violation like are, are you not going to want to stop that from happening mm -hmm. or to speak speak up about it so what's stopping you from kind of speaking up on those minor let's just say minor or tolerable transgressions i wanted to ask you you know uh when are transgressions tolerable but maybe we can get into that in a little bit yeah, yeah. but i want to hear yeah uh, i think taylor go ahead john go ahead i was gonna say like how david and devin kind of took at it is like transgressions towards towards you so like an external factor is like doing something like wronging you in some way not sticking up for yourself mm -hmm. but it can also be like you doing something wrong but like maybe no one knows but like you know so like I think er like earlier when you were explaining to Jay, like JPP makes like a kind of like a game board reference, like about rules and like winning, like winning the game or whatever. And like an example is like if you're playing Candyland with like your little cousins and you cheat and break the rules and so easily win the game, like does it fucking mean anything? You know, like winning the game doesn't mean much when like you're breaking all the rules or like cheating people or like like you're playing Monopoly and you, like you're playing Banker and you slip yourself up a couple extra hundred dollars. Like, yeah, you won, but you fucking cheated. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. like maybe they don't know, but you know, and like that shit accumulates like that bad energy or like bad decision-making like adds up. And then like when the time comes, like you're always making bad decisions, like you're always cheating people. Like you don't know how to be fair to people. You don't know how to be like equitable, equitable to people because like you're like, got, like a greed mindset, you know, you can and, and lose that, yourself. Yeah. And acting on these minor transgressions towards yourself. Yeah. And in that you are the transgressor, yeah. like oh. you're not being. Well, yeah, <laughs> so, like, you are the, the one implementing the transgression. Mm -hmm. Like that's, yeah, that's a really interesting thing. You know, uh, we went to go see JVP this past month, April, mm -hmm. and um, he touched, he did a Q&A session, but he touched on this. Yeah. You know, yeah. I was thinking the first about guy, it. The London dude? Uh, yeah, because the guy yeah. asked the question, he was like, hey, you know, coming from London, um, I've joined a UC university and everybody there is kind of a lefty or like um, woke we'll right. say Wokey. and so you have to be careful about what you say Wokey. <laughs> yeah you have to be careful with what you say and he gets into this whole topic of okay you know the university of california used to be some of the top tier um, educational uh, you know e educational institutions institutions thank you of uh, of like the whole nation and it's been changing dramatically be since the implementation of kind of woke uh, ideal ideologies. Right. And so what he talks about is, you know, as somebody who wants to get into academia, you start as an associate professor, mm -hmm. you get in, you're like, okay, I'm just going to keep my head down and do what I have, you know, do what I'm told until I can become, um, a regular professor, just right. a, yeah, a associate. And then, um, I, just a regular professor. And then once you become a regular professor, you're like, okay, I'm going to keep my head down until I can, you know, I'm a professor emeritus. Yeah. And then, you think, okay, once I become a prof professor emeritus, I'll, I'll change and I'll start standing up for things that I, I'm willing to, mm. you know, I believe in. And he says, you know, by the time you get to that point, it's been 10, 15 years, you've done little minor transgressions, changing your character and your principles according to an external factor being the university in this case. And who's to say when you finally become a professor emeritus or a regular professor that 
You might be you even can pick up the pieces and stand up against those transgressions because you've changed so much, yeah. allowing them a to lot. change. Right. Yeah. It's like don't be surprised if you're entirely a new person. Right. And you yeah, to me it sounds like like a mold, you know? Right. Like you just kept fitting into the mold until until you felt safe. Right, right. So that, that brings us to our next question. How do you avoid doing what you hate? Hmm. Okay. For me, I think first you'd have to know what are some core principles that define you as a person, like you as a young man or young woman or whoever the fuck you are. Um, have some things that are foundational that you can't, like you can't break those, right? You know, like for me, one is like, I don't lie. But we went over this. I guess sometimes I do. <laughs> We're not, right? not going to put that on blast. <laughs> um, but like what, like that's a core principle, right? Right. And you like, you, you can write those down. And then for the most part, if things don't break those, you can be like, okay, well, at least I'm not making a transgression against myself. Is right. it something I don't like to do? Yeah, sure. You know, I don't like everything, but like, it's not like breaking my soul doing it. You know, right. like I'm going to be okay going to bed at night and like feeling like I did nothing wrong. Exactly. You know? I think okay, like, in turn, I think this is an interesting question because it implies that we're all using that same definition of hate, right? Which is just an intense dislike of something. But I think the way John's putting it is, you know, I hate to lie that's like a an attack at his soul because it's attacking his principles mm -hmm. you know and mm -hmm. i think it's important to distinguish those things what you what you actually hate or versus something you just don't like doing you know like i i don't like doing laundry but is it gonna hurt my soul if i don't do it probably not but we're talking about those things that are um, like ingrained right Those <laughs> you might start to smell like shit but like whatever <laughs> yeah you don't yeah. run out of clothes right you know, I just hate folding them, bro. I just leave them on the bed. <laughs> that is the problem. I use yeah. them as blankets. You are. <laughs> I love them like clean clothes. Yeah. yeah, I think you touched on a really good point is that you need to develop a clear understanding of your principles. I, I think a follow-up question to that would be, like, let's say in the case that your job um, requires you to make minor changes in the way you talk. Um, mm -hmm. If that violates your principles, then how do you have the courage to stick by the principle rather than, oh my gosh, I need this job? Yeah, there's some give and take there. Like if my job told me, hey, you're cussing too much, I'd be like, yeah, you're right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, actually, um, I, I can stop that. You know, that's not against my principles. Yeah. Well, I, my, my answer is going to come straight out of the book, but I think it does come with a very keen sense of awareness, like what you guys are all talking about. Like, you have to be aware of your, your what you want and what you want for yourself characteristically wise. And so my answer for the question would be um, just like this paragraph. Um, he says, um, <clears throat> let me find where it starts. It is not a matter of frustra frustration generated when you are called on to do things that are menial or necessary, such as emptying garbage cans, sweeping floors, cleaning bathrooms, or any other manner taking your lowly but well-deserved place at the bottom of inherently uh, of the inherent hierarchy of competence, even of seniority, resentment generated by such necessary work is most often merely ingratitude and ability to accept a lowly place at the beginning, unwillingness to adopt a position of the fool or arrogance and lack of discipline. And this is one piece that I highlighted. It was like the crucial summary of this chapter is 
Refusal of the call of conscience is by no means the same thing as irritation about undesirably low status. I think what you guys are all tagging along or all saying is at some point we have, like, if you want to get somewhere in life, you're going to have to do something that you dislike, right? It could right. be a very strong dislike. It could be very like, I just don't like it, but I'm going to do it, whatever. I'm not going to think about it, right. but you have to do it. If you are consciously aware, like I'm not waking up early because I, I just don't like waking up early and it's costing you to pay your bills, that's laziness. That has nothing to do with um, uh, your irritation about undesirably low status. You can work your way out of that. That's just something char characteristically that's flawed within you. Mm. Um, and that's not something that is something to be um, hateful towards. That's just something you don't want to do. And you just say you don't do it. Oh, you have that's it. interesting. And so I think that was a great take to answer that question um, from JVP. Like that's one part from of his perspective. Yeah. 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 Definitely. I, you know, there's, there's this, there's that moment that you have to really analyze is this, what's more viable for me right like say your job comes to you and says you have to make this change that you're really opposed to and you're not you're not willing to do it then it's against your principles and which one's more viable for you are you going to stick with your principles or are you going to roll with what you're told mm -hmm. right i think we have some examples here in our own group of people that you know there was something that i'm just not willing to do and you know hey if that means i can't work here anymore then that's unfortunate and you know then we'll have to move our separate ways, but that's a decision you're going to have to make. Right. Mm -hmm. I want to go, want to go ahead and say just like kind of off topic, but on topic with the workforce, cause you keep giving this example. This is why it's a good reason to be valuable and, and also have stuff in your repertoire that if, if like, if you go somewhere, this isn't your only source of like income of food of resources, you know, like, like I, I think sometimes we forget like, being a renaissance man of having different different valuable skill sets is a good thing like we hyper focus today of like having like one amazing thing like yeah. if that one thing is challenging you got to pick between like now no longer doing that one thing that you've practiced your whole time doing or like going against your principles some people like don't some people it's not a hard decision to make they'll just break their principle like they don't have principles you know what i'm saying like not everyone has principles like I, you go ask your coworkers, do you guys have principles they they might be like what are you talking about you know what i'm saying yeah. Yeah. so like Assuming that most people may not do that, like they come to a hard decision, it's a pretty easy decision. They'll bend, like you know, they're like, okay, not a big deal. Right, right. Yeah, I think even in relationships too, right? I mean, yeah, we've all say. there's mm -hmm. there's we've all either experienced or seen it in a show or a movie where it's like it's me or it's not or it's the other thing that you're it's choosing to do, right? Yeah. It's an ultimatum. We've all heard that. Um, it just you have to evaluate which one means more to you and which one's more viable. Right. So in a relationship, um, if you, if your girl came to me, to you and were like, you need to make me your number one priority or this isn't going to work. It's I'd be like, what the fuck are you saying? Exactly. You have to evaluate that and be like, look, that's not going to work for me. Um, this isn't going to work out because I have other things I have to prioritize that come before you. And yeah. that sounds messed up to people that hear that, but we all know that that's exactly what we need to do. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like we have more important things than just our significant relationships. We have to build Absolutely. ourselves. We have to, you know, be a light to people. There's, there's a whole bunch of different things that fall into your principles that people are going to push those buttons <laughs> really how steadfast you are to them. Yeah. It's, it's bound to happen. And it's, it's, 
it's inevitably going to happen. So yeah. like, I like, I like the, how John tackled it and how he mentioned, like, if you have multiple skill sets, you're hyper-focused or like your job believes that you're hyper-focused in this specific area, but right. realistically you have a backbone and a lot of different skills or a lot of yeah. different fundamentals. And so like JBP says, you must fortify your position regardless of its mean, uh, yeah. meaningless and littleness confront the organization. Uh, Mendes, Mendes, I don't know how to say that word. Mendesity. Mendacity. Mendacity. Undermining your spirit, face the chaos that ensues, rescue your near dead father from the depths, and live a genuine and truthful life. Yeah. I think if you set yourself up to position yourself to live a truthful life, you as a person will recognize I have multiple skills, and if this job is threatening to fire me, then well be it. Let, okay. let's, let's do. Let's go that process, and I'll take my. Like I'll, I'll, you're not gonna drown. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and yeah. That's it, it may be hard. It may be maybe uncomfortable, but like at least you can be like, I'm still fucking me. You know? Yeah. yeah. Like, I, yeah. like I'm still good. You know? And then yeah. normally in my own in my own life, that's when God provides or something. You know? Because like you have yeah. faith. You have faith in your principles. Like you, you didn't Perfect. you didn't break for anything. And then like either it works out or like a new pathway is opened up almost like out of nowhere, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, you like helped like kind of make that happen. You might not necessarily like, I mean, it's going to be not chill if you're breaking your principles and you become someone that you don't like. Right. Right. So, um, but we did mention earlier, right. About sort of, uh, we might get into it right now, which is our principles have room to sort of not, not totally reject and transform into something else but they have room to grow and accept other dynamics of your principle to allow for overall growth yeah yeah so i think in summary how to um how to avoid doing things you hate i think it's not necessarily i think we worded it that way specifically for a reason it's not to 100 percent avoid what you hate doing it's more of understand where you stand in life right where do you want to end up what you want in your life and give yourself some assertion, give yourself some, some fulfillment in what you're doing. And not only that, like if you're not fulfilled and say your job, let's specifically talk about your job. It's not meeting the goals or the things that you want out of it. And they're kind of just enticing you to do things that you don't find motivating at all. At least you have something to stand on when you leave. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there's this author, of, um, it's called a, a million miles in a thousand years by Donald Miller. And a quote he says in there is, um, the world rewards protagonists who boldly stick to their principles. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. so I think, you know, we could take a lot from that. Um, if you're, you, you build a set of principles is really what we're trying to say is understand your principles. Even if I would say, write them out so you can see them every single day and stick to them. Right. Because that's what you think it is to be a good person. And so if, if it requires you changing or violating those, then obviously it's not the right thing to do. Um, so that's just kind of a wrap up on that, but let's, uh, let's jump to the next idea, which is, can our principles change or adapt? Um, so John, I want you to jump into this one first. Um, yeah, my thought on that is yes, they can change, but they should never regress. I, I think like for the most part, like, let's say you're in like your mid twenties or young, you're younger, right? And you got some core principles like I won't steal, I don't lie, um, you know, stuff like that, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But like your sphere of influence and your 
is small. Like it's pretty much just you, maybe like your close friends around you, but like a successful person really is defined with like how many responsibilities one is responsible for. Right. And like with each new thing, like maybe you add something to your principles. Like if you're a business owner and you have people working under you, like I want to be able to pay for these people's paychecks, right? Like be successful enough to like provide for these people, even though they work for you and like, you make money too. You're also providing for those people, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like for me, I got a dog. Like a principal is like to be a good owner. Like what does that mean? Like it means that Ace needs X amount of hours a day outside. It means like he needs X amount of minutes exercising. He needs like X amount of minutes training. Like, okay. I took that on by myself, but like now it's a principle of mine, you know? Yeah. So I, I think they only get like more. I think you can only expand. Okay. I, I have a follow up question. You said they should never regress. What does that mean? Like, if one of the principles is, I won't, I won't steal. Mm-hmm. I should never be like, okay, now it's cool to steal because like society's changed and like stealing's fine. It's like, well, it doesn't matter. Like, mm-hmm. that, that should be something that's like non-negotiable, right? Right. You should so never like text if you have a list of principles and say at eighteen there's five on there, or ten, like the ten commandments. I, I would say like this. If it's if you can take it off the table, then it shouldn't have been a principle at all. Mm. Mm. That's a good point. Yeah, a good point. <laughs> yeah, was it really a principle in the first place? Yeah, yeah, it wasn't strong. There wasn't a foundation there. Right. Definitely. Okay. So they should never regress, meaning like you should, if it's like John said, if you take it off the table, it should have never been one in the first place. Um, or you're violating and you just don't want to accept that fact. Um, but they should only expand with the experience, right? So yeah. at 18, you may only have 10. You may, or you may even only have five principles that you have, but at 25, maybe you have 15, right? And at 30, maybe you have 25, but there should right. only, the list should only expand with experience in terms of what do I think it is to be a good person? What, right. what values do I want to embody the way I live? Um, you know, who, who am I impacting with my actions and what should those actions be? those are all kind of highlighted by a principles list, right? So they should never regress. You shouldn't lose them. They should be evaluated yearly, daily, monthly, but um, you shouldn't put things on there that you're really not going to stick to. You know, anyone who's listening, like something fun, I think we did it a while back, but, you know, we mentioned maybe not everyone even has a principles list or they even think about something like that. Like maybe ask your closest friends or your parents, like, mom, what's your principles? And like, if they don't have it, maybe just the question itself will make them think about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Are you guys willing to share a couple of principles you guys have that's on your list? And and is it written down somewhere? Yeah, mine's are written down. Um, I always have to find it, but um, I know like a few like um, treat others how you want to be treated um, is like one big one. Um, uh, there's something about time. I forget how it's worded, um, but um, well, let's talk about that first one, right? Treat others how you want to be treated. Why is that important to you? Um, I just. I do believe in the, um, right. You get what you give in the world. Um, if, if I acted in a manner that I found disrespectful from somebody else, why am I doing it? Right. If I act in that way, if I, um, let's say like I talk down about people behind their backs mm-hmm. and then I'm standing around somebody that's talking behind someone else's back, who am I to say, Hey, stop doing that when I do it all the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that's one, I always try to remember like, if, if, if you don't like the way someone's doing something kind of analyze, have you done that before? Um, 
previously or are you just speaking because you think you're right and they're wrong but you always do it and so i think just small things to little things like open the door say thank you um to being on time when someone requests your time um, and your attention um being there for them right i think that just pays back a double fold if if you can show others uh that you'll you'll show up for them okay 100 percent gains yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i think it's it yeah. just just treat treat people how you want to treat others i know it's a very cliche thing to say um but i think just don't ever lose that that's something that like i will never lose like yeah. you know what i mean that's a golden so, rule right yeah yeah definitely how about you david is there, is there a principle that you're willing to share yeah um i wrote down one and it's based off of a, a verse uh from the bible and it's also and i think in seven habits okay um and the my one of those principles that i wrote down is search your heart for the answers. You already have them. And, uh, it comes from the quote or the, the verse, um, search your heart with all due diligence for out of it flow, the issues of life. Mm. And, um, it's, uh, it's important to me because I think, you know, we spend all this time trying to search for the answers externally, but it rarely do we start with internally. And I think there's been times in my life where I've actively tried to search for answers externally. didn't really get me anywhere. Um, but internally was where I found the most like fruitful, um, answers to things and, that I was dealing with. And, um, yeah, I think it's a very important one for people to know. Yeah, definitely. Um, one that I have that, uh, I've been thinking about lately and I think it's, it seems pretty down pat that I, I really do believe it is that, uh, as a man, your woman can't be your number one priority. Mm-hmm. Your partner can't be your number one priority or a woman can't, you know vice versa. Right. Because for me, I think, uh, as men, we have a duty to uh, provide something to the world. Right. So, um, and because of that, if your number one priority is your woman, what are you going to provide to the world? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, or how are you going to build, um, a legacy that you can look back on and be like, I did that. Mm -hmm. If your number one priority is a woman, you're living for this person. Um, you could literally say I did that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, uh, that those are some big ones and that's just ones I, I, we wanted to share, um, you know, add down in the comments down below, what are some principles you guys have? And, and we really want to know, cause there's always things we want to add and we want to learn. Right. Um, yeah. where'd you learn it? Throw down I, some references. I just want to go ahead and say, Jay, thank you for sharing that might get some hate, but hey, that's, that's all, yeah. that's all good. It's He's, the same thing. Like a woman or a, a man can't be a woman's priority. Right. Right. Like you're saying is as far in terms of your partner can't be the number one only thing that you're contributing to the life Brother, your life towards. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I, I'm just saying I'm, some people won't. <laughs> <laughs> and, that's, and that's fine. That's fine. I 100% agree. That's there's going to be yeah. people that aren't going to like that. And, you know, even people that I've had that discussion with, um, they're, they're kind of like, well, what, I don't know how, when is that? Where's right. the line on that, right? Right. Well, then, when it's me and my girl, then yes, she gets my attention and stuff like that. But at the same time, I understand that once this is done, I have shit I got to do. Yeah, yeah. Right. I think I think the line's only as far as you and her, or her and him. Like to to, to to define what you have with another person is sort of like for what? Why do you need to define to someone else what you and another person have, right? Like, right. like let that person know where you stand and if they're okay with that and they're backing you, supporting you hundred percent, why go tell your friend that doesn't support it hundred percent? Are you with that? Are you married yeah. to him? Are you married to her? Or even, then even your family. Yeah. Yeah. Leave it at that. Yeah. When I told my mom that she was like, when is she your number one priority? It's like when we're together and I've dedicated my yeah. time to her, then yes. But 
I would say 90% of my time is dedicated to, I need to develop myself. Yeah. Right. Where you, where you, right. you want to end up. Right. And, and uh, people aren't going to like that. And that's okay. If you don't like that, drop that down in the comments down below. Uh, <laughs> I'll read it, yeah. but uh, I mean, that's a principle. Man. And you should come on the podcast. So we right. can talk about it. Yeah, we'll discuss it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Hashtag I cancel Jay. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say... Um, Jay I hates women. <laughs> yeah. I'm just I want to say um, the word, uh, you know, can your principles change or adapt? I will, I, in a nutshell, I kind of want to say they shouldn't change, but they almost always are going to adapt mm. as you get older and you start with principles because you are going to experience life and you, you're not going to be forced to adapt, but I think you're going to have like room to adapt to the way you live your life. Yeah. Um, and you're going to reassess your principles and whatnot. And yeah, yeah. I, I think John said it perfectly. Like you just, you're going to come across more responsibility and there's going to be room or you're, you're going to need to make room for more principles in your life like oh, what yeah. you find important yeah. and not not everything's going to fall in line with your principles but like one thing is like kids family like all those things are going to come later in life not when you're 18 19 or hopefully it doesn't but and hopefully you're aware that like you're going to start have to start prioritizing life a lot sooner than you would like especially if you're having kids at a very young age mm -hmm. um which happens all the time but not Jay though. Jay don't prioritize. <laughs> not, not Jay. Not I'm just kidding. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Jay, or John said it good. Like, yeah. the more responsibility you come with or bring to the table, I think you start to adapt more principles yeah, in life. Um, so I'll move us on to the next uh, portion here. We have a question here written: Why should we identify minor transgressions and how? If you feel like you've talked about this already, I feel like we got that. I yeah. think we got that. Okay. Yeah. So we'll move on. Um, so is there a situation when it's okay to do what you hate? Ooh. I, I would say, you know, it, it really depends at that point. If you're, if you're like, if you're breaking a principle, I guess, because is that what we're defining? Like what hate is right. Breaking a principle, I guess. Yeah. It, you'd, you would really have to like do like a measuring thing. You know, it's like your family's in dire, like dire needs of something. Right. Right. And, you have to, like, like you know, people prostitute themselves to get money to pay for, like, food. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, yeah, that's real. And, like, they're the ones who have to, like, deal with that, like, internally. And whether, like, they're okay with that or not, you know, like, you don't know what the struggle is. So I think that's, like, an internal thing. Mm -hmm. The fact that you have to, like, even weigh it means there's a lot on the plate, right? Because you yeah. should never, you should almost never come to a situation where you have to do that. Yeah. So the fact that it's that the fact that it's gone that far, you, it's really just, it's a you thing because you know breaking it is wrong, like fundamentally, like in every aspect, right? Yeah, but absolutely. I mean, if it means saving someone's life, like I don't know, you know, nailed it. Yeah. A principle could be not kill somebody, and like you know what I'm saying? I don't know. People go to war. I don't know. You know, like people in Ukraine are fighting Russians. You, you know what I'm saying? I don't. Yeah. You know. Yeah, true. true. That's a good one. I think you nailed it, man. Yeah. Um, one person that comes to my mind is uh, David Goggins, though, right? Like thinking about like, when is it okay to do what you hate, right? Like listening to David Goggins' book, listening to him speak, like waking up four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning, joining the Navy SEALs, failing over and over again. I think most of that time wasn't enjoyable, especially after him failing and failing. But once he recognized 
the hate is what he like I, I almost hear him when he speaks like the hate is what he lives in is because when when he hates something he finds the most i guess risk to reward like he sees so much growth in doing things that he doesn't enjoy to where like if he's doing things that are easy are things that he that like he doesn't hate he doesn't find himself to be pushing himself the most. I think he's also I, kind of viewing I, it as discipline, though. I, I think you're con- yeah, confusing the yeah. things. He, he's doing something something that's very uncomfortable, like to the extreme, like max uncomfort. Mm-hmm. But his principle is like not to be a bitch, like not to give up. Like he's never breaking that rule. You know what I'm saying? Mm, I see. You're speaking yeah. in, in terms of like doing something that isn't. He's like, you think you think I want to run a hundred miles every day? No, but I'm not a bitch, you know. Yeah. Like I was like, oh, yeah. okay, dude. Like you're right, dude. You fucking got me. So like, I don't think he, but I think he does max on comfort. But he, like David Goggins seems like a principal guy in my, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I don't know the guy, just like from what the books we read. Yeah, that's just that was just a thought. Like I, because I wonder, like, does he enjoy every second of like that uncomfort, that very, very uncomfortable shit, like that he puts himself through. Right. Like, and so I don't know, like, I, there's no way I would enjoy that. You know what I mean? Almost for like a whole lifetime, putting yourself through like unsurmountable discomfort seems very unbearable. Yeah. Him and Lex Friedman just did a 48 out, 48 miles in 48 hours. And every four hours, they take a break for like yeah. 15 minutes. But instead of resting, David Goggins is being interviewed by Lex Friedman. Uh, because because David Goggins like doesn't want Lex to like get rest. I don't know. It's like some crazy shit. Like yeah. Max on comfort. Did they post that? Is that? Is uh, that- I, I don't think they posted it yet. No, dude, I'll watch that. And I think in my my answer, you know, when is it okay? What was the question? Is there Sorry. a situation when it's okay to do what you situation? Uh, when it's overall um, strengthening your discipline, right? If you don't want to, if you you hate. You know, let's just say like the laundry thing, because that's something that I said, you know, it's disciplining myself to do something. Maybe it's going to the gym, um, disciplining myself at work to focus more on something. You got to determine that for yourself. What is something you dislike or what is something that you're not willing to break as far as a principle? But overall, doing shit that you don't want to do sometimes can be really beneficial for you. Yeah, I think well, it's, it's, almost, it's almost healthy, you know, yeah. <laughs> I think it's a part of life that like not everything's going to be like something you love. What is JVP said? He said, like, imagine if you did something every day that you didn't want to do, but you know you have to do it. Yeah, who, who, what kind of person would you be? Yeah. Yeah. I think, you, I think you would oh. love to look yourself in the mirror. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It depends on what what it's the end goal is, right? Yeah. That's what I was going to say. It's yeah. the end goal. It depends like, on the end goal. Because, like, David Goggins, he, like, kind of going on those things. It's not that he enjoys the. I can't speak for him, but it didn't, based on his book, it didn't seem like he enjoyed it in the moment, but when it finally clicked for him that he was like, Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm taking his defeating himself, taking that person's soul, Mm -hmm. or I'm building myself into something that I know I could be when I was a piece of shit years back. Yeah. I think when that clicks in his head, he's like, Oh, I do enjoy what I'm doing. This shit sucks, but I'm doing it because there's an end goal that I enjoy. Yeah. Right. And then the process because there's an end goal that he enjoys the process. He enjoys even more. Oh, yeah. I think. Um, good point. So last question, are there any key takeaways you want to solidify for the viewers? Um, I think I'm just going to repeat what I said earlier um, from JBP's book, uh, beyond order refusal of the call of conscious is by no means the same thing as irritation about undesirably low status. I think um, why I, 
find that so like of such importance is because we are conscious thinking. We think about everything, waking up early in the morning. Uh, if we got our dishes done, if we did our laundry, if we did our homework, if we w- went to our meeting on time, um, all these things kind of just pry, pry at us if we did them correctly or incorrectly. Um, right. But that's dealing in your consciousness. Um, one example that JVP gives is like waking up in the morning. If you don't like waking up in the morning, but you know, you have to, you're consciously making a decision to stay in bed. If you don't wake up, um, they're not the same thing. Um, especially if you say you're busting your ass, like as a dishwasher to become the CEO of a restaurant chain, right? Like, you know, you don't enjoy being a dishwasher and that's not your end goal, but you are, you're consciously aware that like, I got to keep doing this. I got to keep going. Just like Dave Goggins, like he's consciously aware, like, I'm not enjoying this shit right now, but the process is I'm, I'm loving this shit because I know where I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. Right. He's not consciously rejecting the responsibility <laughs> he has to be there for. You know what I mean? So yeah. um, that's one big takeaway that I took is yeah. Sweet. All right. How about you guys? If you have anything. Go John. Um, my big takeaway would be, I think the acknowledgement part of everything. So I think most people are don't ever get to be alone with their thoughts, you know? So and I think there's a lot of different ways to do that, which is, you know, I think yoga is a great way because you like, fit, like you focus on each individual muscle and like you, you find out more about your body. I think like running and working out is like a good tool to like be alone with your thoughts. I think like not being with your phone for a couple hours a day, like making time to be like, Hey, no phone for two hours is a good way to like start being in touch with your thoughts. And when you're in touch with your thoughts, you can like acknowledge the day, reflect on the day um and then with that you know you could be like did i do something i didn't like today you know could i do tomorrow better um what are my principles maybe i've never asked myself those questions but if you're never alone with your own thoughts like if you're always on your phone social media like listening to podcasts on youtube which is all good but if you never make time for yourself you'll never be able to reflect on your day so that was my takeaway all right how are you, David? If there's anything I would want uh, readers to take away from this chapter is if you are going to uphold your principles in the face of maybe a drastic change in your life, like losing your job or losing a relationship or something along those lines, I would say have a plan of action if you're going to go that route. If it's breaking your, if you can't break your principles in that moment or can't adapt or can't change or whatever, whatnot, I would say, um, yeah, have a plan and, uh, know your exit plan, know your next move before you never let them know your next move. (laughs) Yeah. Um, have that in place, have a solid foundation of that. Um, kind of like what Devin said earlier, if you're going to do that, then if you set yourself up for, um, that transition, then it'll be smooth. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, so for myself, I would say write out your principles. Um, and if you want to get a more in-depth analysis of what that means or um, kind of get a better idea of how to do that, we have a principles video. Go check that out. Um, that's in our CIF podcast uh, playlist. So you can go check right. that out. Um, mm-hmm. So go ahead and uh, drop a comment down below. Like the video. Um, let us know what you thought. Read the book. Um, before you take off, we want to uh, reiterate that we here at Paradigm do not claim to have all the answers. We simply desire to be better each day. We make videos in the hope that other people that desire the same can use some of the tools we've discovered along our journey. 
Thank you so much for tuning in to another installment of Paradigm Podcast, and we hope you enjoyed the show and learned a thing or two. So before you take off, subscribe to the channel, like a video, drop a comment down below, and follow us on our social media platforms. All the information will be down in the description box below. And remember, the life you live now creates who you'll be tomorrow. Peace. Go read some books. Read some books. Read some books.